I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB. I'm Juliette Sarley. And I'm Andrew Gagan. Great to be with you on a positive day. We'll take it. We will. We will take it, especially when we saw unemployment uh, hit a two-year high. Um, The market looking like it is going to close higher by about eight-tenths of one percent, I think. Let's just bring up where the SIBO 200 is, and I'll have a quick look at where the ASX 200 is. It is up seven-tenths of one percent, 7,601 points on the ASX 200. But uh, we were discussing, you know, the three themes. This this growth gala, I guess, from some of the numbers that have come through. Well, yeah, I was trying to uh, think of something witty and a bit of alliteration, but I came up with Thick Thursday for earnings. Um, ah, nice. Like some really beefy results in there. Um, also some misses as well as you'd expect, but lots of earnings coming to us today. In fact, this morning, Juliet, we were sort of scrambling, weren't we? Try to keep up yeah, with, uh, with all the results that are coming in. Uh, we might take that down. We've got a spelling mistake there. So we'll just talk through the jobs uh, in terms of Swiftonomics, the impact of uh, Taylor touching down in Melbourne, $140 million expected to be added to the economy. How much are you contributing to uh, that? Just about $1 million, I think. Um, <laughs> many, many hours of my time trying to get tickets on that Ticketmaster yeah. site. But, you know, I thought it was really interesting what... Um, uh, I had a guest on earlier and now you, you were talking to Phil O'Donoghue but yep. also I was talking um, to somebody earlier who was saying look the equivalent basically of the economy of, of Iceland per tour um, Adam Dawes was Quite telling me that. incredible yeah. isn't it uh, yeah all the economists weighing in they can't help themselves because it is having a significant effect on the local economy yeah. uh, given people like you are willing to spend on not just a ticket, but you're going to buy the merch as well. Yeah, Um, 15,000% increase on Amazon for people um, trying to find those bracelets that I'm sure your daughters know about. You can ask them later. No, I'm not mentioning. They mentioned it to me, so hopefully that's not You're not going to buy them any, okay? (laughs) Wouldn't want to be Andrew's daughter. He's not buying your bracelet. Just kidding. All right, and jobs. You know, we touched on that. Only 500 added in January versus expectations of 10,000. Yeah, could be seasonal. Though. A bit of seasonality yeah. at play because obviously at the beginning of the year, not a lot of people sort of, well, they might have quit their job at the end of last year. Mm. Um, also the ABS pointing out that uh, people looking for a job or about to get a new job, which will come more likely February, March. Uh, nonetheless, though, as you said, Juliet, for the first time in two years, unemployment rate back over 4%. All right, we are going to get to our interview now with Rob Scott, the West Farmers CEO, after they came through with earnings and certainly saw an uptick coming through in their share price today. Rob, thanks so much for joining us. I mean, I thought what was interesting was, particularly as we see these cost of living pressures, your Kmart business holding up quite well. Just run us through the numbers. Sure. Well, look, across our retail businesses, we all, we moved our sales and our profit forward, which was really pleasing. And as you said, the Kmart business was the standout performer 
26% growth in earnings. And really, that was the result of the ANCO private label product really resonating with Australians, uh, both in terms of its really great value credentials, low prices, but also we've expanded the offer into new categories, youth, fashion, health. Uh, we continue to get good growth across general merchandise categories, uh, and that seems to be working well in the current uh, cost of living crisis. Rob, you mentioned that your retail divisions are adapting to change your customer needs. Of course, also given the cost of living pressures, must be very pleasing though for uh, one of your segments, i.e. Um, well, both Kmart and Bunnings remaining extremely resilient. What do you put that down to? Well, look, our retail businesses and the teams, they have been really focused on trying to build a combination of resilience within their business model by focusing on everyday products that cut the consumers and small business, large businesses need. And then on top of that, trying to look for new areas of growth. So expanding their addressable market, moving into new categories. If I look at Bunnings, you know, while some of the big ticket renovation spending has been a bit slower of late as interest rates have been high, the Bunnings team have done a fantastic job of launching a new pet range, a new cleaning range, which is really resonating with customers. So there's, lot, I think, quite a unique mix of resilience and growth within our retail portfolio. A foray into lithium as well, when we are seeing such a glut in this market, have we seen a bottom? How is that business going? Well, it's interesting. We feel that our lithium project is going really well. We've, uh, we are commissioning our concentrator and in the ramp up phase that will be producing spodumene that will ultimately flow through to our integrated hydroxide refinery in Quinana. We're about 65% through the construction of our refinery. So it's all going very much to plan. Obviously, we've seen a lot of volatility in the lithium price of late, particularly some low prices on the spodumene side. So that is going to impact some of the opportunistic sales we were hoping to achieve before we'd fully uh, completed the the um, construction of our refinery. But overall, uh, we are a long-term investor. We're still excited about the prospects for our shareholders from completing this integrated refinery project. Have you got some um, solid offtake agreements in place, Rob? I mean, obviously, given the commodity slump, are you feeling that in lithium? But more generally, um, the performance of your chemicals, energy and fertilizer unit has obviously been under extreme pressure. Yeah, so it was an, well, it was an interesting result in our uh, WESF business, our chemicals, energy and fertilizers business. The, there was a very strong operational performance for the half, but our earnings were materially down on the previous half because ammonia prices had come off a lot. And you know, we're a manufacturer of ammonia. We use a lot of ammonia in various businesses, and that's what impacted, uh, impacted our results. But still a good return on capital. Uh, obviously, with lithium, um, there'll be further volatility there. Uh, but, you know, that is the, the business that these businesses are in. And what matters most is maintaining a good co cost structure through the cycle. And at West Farmers, you know, some businesses go up and down from time to time. But ensuring we can deliver a good return through the cycle is what ultimately should matter for our shareholders. And Rob, also in that in that segment there, you're uh, feeling the effects of lower global ammonia pricing, but also higher gas prices at the same time. I'm interested to see what how you see that at the moment affecting uh, your cost base, but also with the prospect perhaps the WA government 
is considering uh, lifting that export ban to address some um, uh, supply shortfalls. What do you make of that potential move? Well, yes, it's been interesting. One over a long-term period, by virtue of the domestic gas reservation policy, the Australian public and many uh, large-scale manufacturers, such as ourselves, have benefited from reliable, well-priced gas in WA. Quite the opposite of what we've seen evolve on the east coast. Uh, there have been some problems emerge recently, and we've seen a lack of supply, uh, much higher prices approaching the very high prices that we saw on the East Coast. So the WA government launched a parliamentary review last year to evaluate what options are available to try and address these issues. Look, we're looking forward to seeing the outcomes of that review. We think that there's plenty of opportunities to uh, deliver reliable, sensibly priced gas. That will be a win-win for, you know, the win for the producers of gas because they need to deliver an appropriate return and also provide security of supply sensibly priced gas to encourage domestic manufacturing, which is just so important if we are to take advantage of the critical minerals opportunity that is a very unique opportunity for Western Australia. Rob, you haven't uh, provided proper guidance, I guess, moving forward, but just how are you viewing the overall macroeconomic picture amidst the fact that we probably are seeing the, the peak of interest rates? Yes, look, overall, um, in Australia, I think the Australian economy is in reasonably good shape, uh, supported by relatively low levels of unemployment. Uh, the, the population growth that we've seen in recent years is also supporting demand. Uh, you know, there's a number of things we have going for us. I think the risk on the horizon is that we are seeing uh, a lot of domestic cost pressures. Uh, certainly, businesses are facing many cost pressures, not only wage rises, which are a good thing, I should note, but we are seeing higher wages. We are seeing more restrictive and onerous industrial relations processes flow through. We're seeing high utility costs, rent costs, and uh, also uh, freight and transportation locally is increasing. So I guess something that we're monitoring closely is what what's happening at the domestic cost level, because as that starts to put more pressure on businesses, it will put more pressure on prices, it will put more pressure on jobs. So I think that's a watch out for the six to 12 months ahead. Are there any areas where you see further cost savings perhaps? And and with a view to that, um, today, of course, we got the latest um, unemployment numbers. It's jumped above 4%. Um, How are you managing your wage costs? And is there potential perhaps you, you could be cutting jobs? Well, look, I guess, first of all, on the cost side, we have seen a reduction in a number of raw, key raw materials, uh, some imported product that we have seen reductions in prices. International shipping costs have come down a fair bit over the last year. And across our businesses, we've certainly invested a lot of those benefits back into price. We've lowered the price of thousands of items over the last 12 months as a result of that. In terms of what we're doing to face the domestic cost pressures, for quite a few years now, we've been investing in technology, new capital and systems to try and support productivity within our business. So essentially giving our team members digital tools to be more uh, more competitive, more effective, to better service customers at a lower cost. Uh, We have no plans at the moment to you know, to do any layoffs or things like that. We, you know, we've been very proactive. We value our teams deeply 
and we're hopeful that we can manage through these challenges by just continued incremental investment in our businesses and really working, you know, working really collaboratively with our teams because we're all in this together and we all want our businesses to be successful for the future, but we have to keep changing and evolving what we do every day. All right, so no plans for job cuts. Uh, the dividend payment to shareholders, 91 cents. What can we expect going forward? Are we going to continue to see uh, an increase here in payments? Well, we, we always try and move our business forward. Um, it's hard to predict the future because lots of things can happen in the external environment. But I think what's in our favour, we have really strong cash generative businesses. We have plans to keep growing our businesses and the more profit we're making, the more franking credits we're generating, the more capacity to pay dividends. Uh, the cash generation this half was really strong, 40, over 40% increase in cash to 2.9 billion. So our balance sheet is strong and I feel that we're well set up for the future. Um, you've got some beautiful paintings behind you as well. I note that you have just given to the Canberra Scholarship Program. Can you just tell us about some of your initiatives and philanthropy as well? Yeah, sure. Thanks for asking that question. Look, we're really passionate about our Reconciliation Action Plan and there are various aspects of that. You know, pleasingly, we continue to create, create a lot of jobs for Indigenous team members. We now have 3.7% of our Australian workforce that, uh, that are Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. We also are investing more in leadership programs because we have an aspiration not just to create jobs, but to create more leadership pathways. And the Canberra Scholarship at ANU is just the most fantastic scholarship program for talented Indigenous leaders that, you know, not only can we support them through having one of the best educations uh, in the world, but they will then emerge to be not only leaders in their community, but leaders in Australia. And we're really proud to be a part of that. So there's a lot going on across our businesses, be it our support of the arts, be it the support of key community programs through businesses like Bunnings and Kmart, and then also the very important work we're doing on the reconciliation side. Rob Scott, you've been very generous with your time. Thanks so much for joining us from West Farmers. Thank you. All right, some great insights there from the West Farmers CEO. Let's have a quick look at uh, some of the top stories that we really focused in on because it was a very, very busy day in terms of uh, corporate stories. We also had uh, Telstra, of course, in focus. I think we should get to that one because that was a big one. Uh, net profit up 11.5% to $1.04 billion, a $0.09 cent dividend per share. Investors didn't really like it, Andrew. No, as you can see, well, it was off, but about uh, just over two percent. Um, also, uh, look, we saw Magellan uh, jump in net profit there to 104 million. Origin Energy also in focus. Look, there was criticism. AGL are they benefiting from those uh, higher gas and electricity prices? Well, yes, they are. Mm, very much indeed. so. Yeah. When are they going to pass that on potentially? Arena REIT posting a dip in profits, revaluation, write downs, and Goodman Group was a big one. And I spoke to James Gerrish from Shore and Partners earlier. He had that as a pick. And look at that, it's closed up by 7.3%. All right, well, that was our stock of the day. And we got some analysis of that stock from Grady Wolf from Bell Direct and Howard Coleman from Team Invest.
Um, this company is one that really stood out to me last reporting season for the full year of 2023 because it increased prices at a time when a lot of companies had to decrease prices to match consumer demand. And that didn't affect their demand at all, which we've seen today in the reporting season. And their demand, they're at 99% occupancy rate for all of their data centers. So they're going from strength to strength. This company, I cannot fault. I don't actually think it's fully priced because they can they have seen that they've got growth on their on the horizon. So yeah, really good one. Um, definitely a buy for Goodman Group. In class. In fact, I shouldn't even have put the word probably in. It's the best in class. <laughs> yeah. in, in terms of property companies, if you want to own one in your portfolio, it's probably the one. What our members uh, find difficult with owning it is twofold. Uh, number one, the earnings per share roughly doubled in 10 years, but the share price has gone up five times in 10 years, which doesn't exactly make it cheap. Um, the Let's bring up where the SIBO 200 is because I'm looking at the ASX 200 up 7 tenths of 1%, 54 points. So closing at 7,602, certainly a rebound after yesterday's um, losses. And uh, now we can get to the market leaders as well in terms of some of the winners on the market today. Altium, I was speaking about this with um, Adam Dawes. He was saying, you know, an absolute shooting the lights out and certainly shareholders agree. 29% gain. Goodman Group, we touched on zero. Life 360, Siona Mining also looking good, Andrew. Well, because the backstory with Altium there, it has received that uh, takeover offer from the uh, Japanese semiconductor firm, which has been unanimously recommended by the board. So um, as a result, you've seen that uh, that premium price in to the share price. As far as those on the wrong side of the ledger, let's uh, bring that up. Uh, Data 3 off significantly. ProMedicus off the back of its results, which were broadly um, positive. However, of course, that stock has just rocketed recently. Maybe mm. some profit taking there. IDP Education also. And uh, we were mentioning Whitehaven Coal, one of those under pressure given uh, the coal price continues to struggle at the moment. All right, in the small end of town, uh, Alltech Bat was up 19%. Sayana Manning gets so nice we have it twice, up 12%. <laughs> All right, uh, and those that have gone in the wrong direction, 29 medals. Uh, that uh, has come off over 20%. Uh, many other also in the energy and resources space at the moment also suffering today. All right, well, we'll have a look at what we are going to see tonight. GDP in the UK, a big one, particularly as we're looking at a certain weakness in that economy, retail sales in the US and the Empire State Manufacturing Index and uh, unemployment claims, of course, always a key number ahead of the actual non-farm payrolls report. Yeah, and also the Philly Fed Manufacturing Index. That'll be another good uh, indicator where the US economy is traveling at the moment, certainly in that region, uh, import prices. And um, yeah, we get some further uh, speak from the uh, BO, uh, BOE, I should say, and uh, also some industrial production and utilization rates out of the US at All some right. time. Another busy day on reporting calendar tomorrow locally. ASX will come through with its earnings, as will Centuria Office Reach, Charter Hall, Clean Away Waste Management, Deterra, Home Code Daily, uh, Inghams, QBE Insurance, lots of them. Oh, 
another busy morning ahead. I can see that <laughs> right there. Uh, also, tomorrow morning, uh, New Zealand manufacturing PMIs as well. Uh, the China market's remaining closed for Lunar New Year. All right, let's see if we can bring you the SIBO 200 where it has closed. As I mentioned, the ASX 200 up 7 tenths of 1%, 7,602. Oh, finally, it is up. There we go. Yes, <laughs> there you go. Everybody's been waiting to see where the SIBO 200 is. 8 tenths of 1%, 1,458. All right, so a positive day on the market. Um, yeah, obviously off the back of those losses we saw yesterday. So uh, interesting also just as far as some of the economic data to consider at the moment. Jobs, has that market turned? Mm. Maybe seasonality at play, we'll wait and see. We will wait and see. All right, that does it for today. We'll be back 10 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. We'll see you then. See ya.